There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I don't like your little games. Don't like your tilted stage. The role you made me play. The fool. Welcome to Right Lane, a podcast of the Tampa Bay Times. Each week, Times reporter Lane DeGregory discusses her stories and answers your questions. The focus is on craft. My name is Maria Carlo, and I'm the Enterprise Editor at the Times. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about a really unusual project and the woman who dreamed it up. That would be Tara McCarty, who is Director of Print Design for our newsroom. Today's topic, Tara and Taylor. So the Taylor is Taylor Swift, and we're going to turn it over to you to explain what you did here. Oh, man. Um, so I really got into Taylor Swift's music. Um, it wasn't immediate. I actually really love Lil Wayne and, like, rap music and stuff, um, and was very anti-Taylor Swift when she first came out. Like, love story. I thought it was a drag. I did not care. Um but my mom sent me her album and like slowly through the years, she sent me like the second album. So slowly through the years, I was listening to her music and obviously like could relate to it. Um, and I started thinking about the lyrics, not like what they mean and like, you know, dreamlike, but sort of analyzing them and noting when she used like a similar word in this song versus that song and kind of applied the same skills that like you learn in high school um, in your English class when you're figuring out the symbology for like all these books that probably weren't meant to be analyzed that way. And so I started kind of applying that um, to her music as I was listening to them. And I would listen to her music all the time. Now wait, was your mom, like did your mom send it with, with a message? Like did she say, I think you're going to get a lot out of this or I, I you know, I listen, was she a big fan? I'm pretty sure she just probably got the CD from like on sale at the store <laughs> and just sent it to me. All right. And, and you're you're the same age as Taylor Swift, right? Yeah. Okay. So as as she was growing up and her music was growing up, you were too at the same yeah, time she, in history. Yeah, okay. she's like a month older than I am. <laughs> um. So anyway, so I I got this like idea to actually put it like together in a database and this was more for myself and like nerd like <laughs> and maybe for some fans I thought some people would be really interested into it and um so I approached well I texted um our features editor Stephanie Hayes and was like hey I have this really weird idea I can illustrate it I can you know look into all her lyrics and stuff wouldn't it be cool and Stephanie was like yeah sounds good and then I realized it was a massive undertaking and um, her her concert was coming. She was coming on her 1989 tour to Tampa in like two weeks. And I just didn't have enough time for it. And um, so it sort of got tabled. 
And I kind of just like didn't say anything to Stephanie after that <laughs> until like a couple years later. And I kept thinking about it. <laughs> a um, years. Well, and that's how you know, like it's something that you need to do if it like won't leave your brain. Can't let go. Yeah. <laughs> like this isn't even my normal job. I'm working, like I'm designing the front page and meanwhile, listening to Taylor Swift being like, oh, how many times does she use the word blue? Like <laughs> who cares? But I cared for some reason. And um, so I mentioned it to Adam Playford, who is our investigations and data editor. And he was like, yes, do this. Here's a program that is actually used to like sort government documents but we can use this for Taylor Swift. And uh, so that's how it all started. And it, it snowballed. To the point. To the point where it was like charts and a story and like was running in print and online, like, like for the newspaper. Like this all happened just because I was a Taylor Swift fan and I happened to work in a newspaper and I was like, can we do something with this? Do you guys want this? Are you interested in this? And I don't know. They, I think it was weird enough that they said yes. And um, so I really pushed for it to be like an online thing. Um, like really like pulled out all the stops to get like some data element to it. So we got like an illustrator and made that look all good online and like did it through social media. Like that was really like, I was trying to infiltrate the web so that her fans could see this because I knew that's the market. That's who's going to care about this if anybody does. And um, Stephanie was very much like, but why does it matter? Like, what? Why would somebody read this? And so she had me write like an actual story to go with it. Had to dig a little deeper. Okay, how did I get introduced to her, my mom? And like, how? how has this become like, not, I would not use the word obsession, but like, how has this become something that won't leave my brain? Um, so I had to like kind of figure that out, and it all turned into this ginormous package that you know I wasn't really anticipating from the start. Um, but I'm actually really proud of like it kind of set the standard for what I'd like to see for projects across the newsroom. Um, you know, um, <laughs> like my title is director of print design, but. I've never had to do more with web. And so this kind of was very helpful to figure out how to like apply all of these like platforms to projects. Yeah, just having this whole project come together and it's not what I do is insane. 99 songs. She went through and cataloged 99 songs. And 5,270 rows of data. That made my head hurt. <laughs> that made me excited. Well, that is not the Lane to Gregory experience. The no, but it's of data. I, I never would have come up with this concept in a million, million years. My brain doesn't work that way. Right. And, and also, no offense, but Taylor Swift's lyrics are not the most like deep and analyzable. So like putting them in a data is really interesting. Like, what, what were you looking for or what were you hoping to find? Well, I, I think that, first of all, I think that they're more, um, they're, they're deeper um, the more you can relate to them. So especially as I'm the same age as her and growing up and we have a lot of things in common. I talk about this in the story too. Like obviously we're both white, like, you know, and we just have all these like privileges that we both can see and experience in life. So um, I was really just looking for connections. I was looking to see like when she wrote this song about this person, did she feel the same way when she wrote the song about this other person? Or like, 
you know, all of her songs about friends. Um, are there any threads there that can lead between one or the other? Like, um, does she talk about being happy more than she talks about being sad? She, you know, started as a country artist and then moved to pop. But actually, she never uses the word country in her music and never talks about, um, like, your stereotypical country stuff. Like, so it's all just, like, people put all these labels just on genre. But, like, when it comes to lyrics, uh, they could be anything. And it was just really interesting looking um, a little deeper at them. So, I, I mean, I, I think what's interesting, we've talked about this before in other podcasts about, you know, when you do something that's personal, um, which is difficult because you're cutting yourself open and you're putting yourself out there. And I applaud Stephanie for pushing you to think about what it all means. But, um, you know, you do it because you have a particular connection and you feel like you can tell a story um, in a way that, you know, you, she could... Tara could have gone and found a Taylor Swift fan, but it wouldn't have been the same because she she kind of had this idea in her head and what it was gonna what it was gonna what she was gonna take away from it. And I mean, you you had a connection, so I think you're looking for those why you made a connection because um, she's a so Taylor Swift's a storyteller. She's a, she does most of her own songwriting, so you're looking for what is it about the lyrics that we're speaking to you, right? And um, so I can understand that. I mean, I it was just fascinating, though, just to kind of break it down. I mean, like, you, you normally, to me, music is an experience where you just, like, you're into it for whatever reason. You know, you like you like the musician, you like the you like the beat, you like the, but to really pull it to this level, I mean, that was, that was pretty amazing. Well, and the idea to do it in data is fascinating, <laughs> yeah. too, because you can't, you can't deny that. And when you put them in a spreadsheet, there's, there are tons of numbers and spreadsheets and charts and graphs of all different kinds of language you analyzed. And it made me think about a catalog of someone's work a whole lot more deeply. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, I know you probably had this, t- I had one album that super spoke to me that I played after every time I had like a breakup or a bad thing. Carol mm-hmm. King's Tapestry was like, like <laughs> I could sing that whole album for you right now because it totally spoke to me in those moments. But I never thought to look at her whole career, her catalog, and how that fit into the rest of the narrative, you know, and I think that was fascinating. You're really dating yourself now. I know, I'm just saying. (laughs) Carol King. (laughs) Well, and like, so she's about to release her seventh album, and not every album to me is created equally. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't really relate, um, don't really, it wasn't brought up, obviously, on her first album. Um, It's very country, very twangy, and like, you know, there's some good stuff on there, but it's not really like my thing. Um, and then like her last album reputation was like, I don't know, held a lot of like cultural significance for like just her reacting to the media and like that kind of stuff. And it kind of, I don't know, isn't really what I like Taylor for. So my favorite album of hers is red, um, because lyrically I feel like she was best there and it was kind of in the transition from like country to pop. And so and you felt most connected to it, that yeah. particular one. Yeah. Where were you in your life when that was when that album came out? Like, what was your, your school or job status or whatever? Um, let's see. It probably came out. I think Speak Now came out in 2010. So I think Red came out in 2012. I hope that's right. Um, I if it was 2012, then I would have been. I would have graduated from college then and starting, well, I would have been working here as an intern on the design desk. So I think it was just, you know, a transition period for myself too, going from like 
school, school, school for all the years that I basically ever remember and coming in and, you know, realizing like, hey, I'm actually doing something that I wanted to do and this is a real world, but it doesn't all suck right now. And, you know, (laughs) adulting. Yeah. (laughs) Now that makes sense that that album would touch you at that transitional part in your, in your life too. Mm -hmm. I like that you got pushed to kind of explore deeper, like, because the, which is a, a good lesson, I think, for all project work, right? You were, you kind of had this notion without even really knowing what you were going to get out of it, just how, like, it might be cool to break them all down and see what it, patterns emerge. And, um, but then it's sort of like, okay, why is it hitting me? Why is it striking me so hard? What is it about this? So kudos to Stephanie, too, for pushing in that direction. Yeah, and I think was part of it a search on your of yourself, like, Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Were you searching for something in yourself as well as in these lyrics? Well, and that's what it came down to. And I really like spent time laying on Stephanie's couch in her office. <laughs> very therapeutic like. And she's like, so tell me more. Let's dig a little deeper. And whatever came out, whatever I wrote with the story was came out very begrudgingly. Like I don't know, maybe it was a reflection of me and, you know, we kind of came up with these like hypotheses of like how I thought that she was or how she appeared because of like her music or something and then use the data to say, yes, she is like this or no, she isn't or whatever. And then in the end related that back to me, like I started by saying what we had in common and ended by saying, yeah, we still have a lot in common and I see a lot of her transitions through life based on her lyrics and the data in my own life. But I really, really hoped that people would see the data and appreciate the data and not read about my life. (laughs) (laughs) What what was the reaction like, tell us, from your colleagues and people who knew you as well as from strangers? People thought it was awesome. They really thought it was cool, a little weird, that I like dug so deep into this project that I'd spent three years on it, which <laughs> actually it was four. <laughs> I found an original file on my Now computer. it can be told. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, you know, a lot of people really liked it. They thought it was awesome. Um, and a couple weeks ago, I found out that I won an award for it, which Yay. was baffling to me (laughs) that's fantastic congratulations thank you um i we we have talked a lot here and there about um you know what we ask people to do when they're cutting themselves open right and uh, so i think it's it's i think it's a great experience for a journalist to do that themselves because you're exposed right Mm -hmm. i mean it's like you could you're out there and people could say what the hell is this why did you do that you know and and but you're also exposed in a way that can connect you to people, which is what we're trying to do, right? People get focused in, so. I always think that's the best part of writing first-person stories. I mean, it's scary as hell, and it hurts to open yourself up, but it's so amazing 
the aftermath when people they either they didn't know that about you or they're like, Oh, me too. You know, you get right. that sort right. of validation of like, Oh, I bet you found some people you didn't know where Taylor Swift fans actually were. Um, I can't recall anybody that I knew that came out and said like, Oh, I am a Taylor Swift fan because I was working on this for so long. So everybody that Who I knew, you? I was like, you know, talking to them about it and stuff. Um, you know, a couple editors actually downstairs were like oh i do like taylor swift and i'm like <laughs> oh yeah do your kids Don't know that <laughs> <laughs> um but it was it was a lot of fun and we had um we had one of our web producers go on a trip to dc recently where she was talking with some other colleagues and stuff and this um taylor swift came up and she's like oh yeah well you know and she was actually part of the video that we used in this project so she was like telling them about it and one person is like, wow, that's really cool. How can I find this project? And another one's like, wait, I read that. And so she was sharing that with me, and I thought that was just really cool to hear. Is your is your next project Little Wayne? Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he's sitting there thinking, what the hell? Wait, what about me? Like, I feel like anything, any project <laughs> similar to this with Little Wayne would have to be something like looking in his lyrics to find out where the coding started. <laughs> because... I don't understand. I'd read that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you did eventually get a shout out from Taylor Swift, right? Tell us a little bit about the aftermath. Yeah. So that was um, a huge dream <laughs> I had that like one day maybe she'd find it. Um, she has a huge presence on Tumblr, um, Instagram. She has a Twitter. She's not super active on it. Um, but I was thinking like, And you know, when you say she, it might be her people, right? <laughs> right, yeah, and you never know. Um, but, she, like, she does interact a lot with her fans. So I know that probably if it's on Tumblr or on Instagram, it's like nine times out of ten it would be her. So, like, I was kind of gearing for that. I knew that it was possible. Um, so I, that's another reason I was pushing so hard to send this, like, through the interwebs. So hopefully, hoping she would find it. Um, and... I even joined like 22 Taylor Swift Facebook groups. I followed a ton of people on Twitter that now my whole Twitter feed is Taylor Swift. (laughs) Um, And so I was hoping she would find it. And so part of me was like, you know, maybe, maybe she'll retweet it. That would be amazing. That'd be so cool. Just to know that she saw it. It would just be so cool. Um, And so it went in the paper. Uh, My friend, Brittany, bulk actually designed it she asked me if I wanted to and I said no um (laughs) so she designed it and then um we get we have these things called plates um when the newspaper goes to print and the the plate is like this stamp that's used to create all of the papers um so I went and like uh journalists and people in the newsroom who know what they are they kind of use them as like a like a fun souvenir of like a huge project they worked on. Um, And so I went and got it just for myself um, of the Taylor Swift project. And when you do that, they give you two copies because that's what they use. Um, And I, you know, in my head, I'm like, you know, one day, maybe she, if she retweets, I'll respond and say, I have this if you want it. And, um, but like, even then, like I didn't give much thought to it. Well, so her concert um, her reputation tour concert came to Tampa four days after this ran um, in print. Oh, no, online. In print, it was two days later. Um, so the day of the concert, I was at my house. I was setting up a Reddit AMA, and um, 
I set it all up and I was going to go walk my dog um, before I came back and like answered questions. And as I'm walking out, like leash in hand, I get a text from our music critic, Jay Cridlin, and he's like, call me as soon as possible. And I'm like thinking I messed up the Reddit or something. Like I'm like, Jay's never asked me to call him. A typical journalist thinking there must <laughs> the be something wrong. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> what did I screw up? So I call him. I'm like, hey, what's up? And he said that Taylor's publicist called him and said that Taylor Swift saw the project and wanted me to come meet her backstage, like before the show. And you were already going to the concert. <gasps> I was yes, already going to the concert with three friends and so, like, I'm walking down the street with my dog, who has no idea what's going on, and I'm like, is it weird if I sit on the sidewalk right now? Like, what? I don't know what I'm doing right now. This is so crazy. Of course, I said yes, and I said, I I, I don't know what to tell my friends. <laughs> so, but I figured, you know, we'll figure it out. I'm doing this. Can't say no. Like, this is amazing. I can't believe she saw it and reached out. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, so I, so you I, took her the plates, I took her the plates, um, and I did not hand them directly to her, but I gave them to somebody and her publicist knew that they had them and said that they, the publicist said that they want them. And I explained, I explained to Taylor Swift <laughs> what, what they a were. Plate is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm worried I was a little, I came off a little condescending, but honestly, maybe she just didn't understand what they were. So I hope it was okay. And you got to meet her. I got to meet her. She smells great. <laughs> <laughs> so beside beside that, which was a great takeaway, was there, um, and you said it really helped you to see, to be the person driving this project, right? To understand all the pieces that went into it. Was there any other takeaways you had from doing this? I mean, did it make you feel like you want to do it again? You want to do something really creative and different or did it just like did you want to go crawl off into a corner and like okay don't bother me again I'm, I won't do uh, I had a lot of fun doing the project um, and I'm very very grateful for everybody in the newsroom who came together because it was like every corner of the newsroom um, was helping me on this project um, and I would love to do something like this again it takes a lot of work and um, as long as it has like a good structure, a good game plan. I think that we can do it. Um, but I will say that having done this, like I have so much more respect for the actual journalism that my colleagues do. Um, my story was first person and it ended in like something that is like very self-satisfying. Um, I didn't have to interview people um, it wasn't a tough subject other than talking to myself. <laughs> and, um, and so I don't know, I just have that much more respect for people and people that I work with that are doing huge stories that make a difference to other people in the world. And so actually the day, the day that this was running in print, um, we ran a, a story of that nature, um, that was about, lead found in Hillsborough County school fountains and the same team of people that was helping me on this Taylor Swift data project they were simultaneously working on this lead project <laughs> and I felt so guilty <laughs> because this had like my story had a deadline it was set a long time ago 
runs the Sunday before the story or before the concert. But this story like impacted kids and parents and I I just felt so bad. And so I'm so grateful, but like I would really want to make sure that this didn't like step on the toes of anybody else trying to do better work. It's all important in the mix. I think sometimes you need something happy and introspective to or culturally important but not newsy necessarily i think it's an important balance but i was also thinking you know you could do the Mueller report <laughs> <laughs> break wow. it down into like nobody's done that Can you yeah. imagine <laughs> through that data oh. um no i i think it, that, that it's true too you know what you put your time and energy on i mean I, I think if you get people to care and read the paper and make a human connection i mean that's really important too i mean it gets people to be paying attention to us um, for those other stories as well, right? But so you kind of, maybe you draw somebody in who wouldn't have seen the lead project. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we, we talk about newspapers being the first draft of history. Well, this is really a, a first draft of growing up as a young woman in the 2000s. You know, it's a snapshot of our culture and our world yeah. and a lifetime that wasn't the same for me, that wasn't the same for your mom, you know, and won't be the same for your kids. But it's mm-hmm. like, it's an important era to look at, you know. Yeah. Okay, on that note, um, if you have a question for Lane or for Tara, uh, or you want to suggest a podcast topic, please email it to writelane at tampabay.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-L-A-N-E at tampabay.com. Join us next week on Wednesday morning for the next podcast. This podcast was produced by Monica Herndon. Music was composed and performed by Dan DeGregory. Thanks for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.